What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Danny and Bush coming at you with another episode of Dynasty Decisions, episode 43 of Dynasty Decisions, our second episode in like three days that we've done. We got a lot of submissions from you guys, so we wanted to reward you with another episode. So if you guys are new around here and you want to be on future episodes of Dynasty Decisions, all you have to do, uh, one of three ways you can become a patron, which is the fastest way and the way that you skip the line. Link down below. You can also submit them for free on Twitter or on Discord. And we'll add you to the queue. So before we get into it, Danny, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. And I just want to quickly mention, appreciate all the support you guys have shown for the series. Heck, I feel like every single video I'm mentioning, oh, I got another eight locked in, loaded, backed in the queue. So uh, if we aren't getting to your submission this week, trust me, we'll get to you eventually. A lot of help, a lot of support from you guys. But yeah, I'm ready to roll. A lot of patron submissions this week. We're going to be ready to get you guys set up. And as Corey mentioned, if you want first submission, first dibs on the series, become a patron today. And yeah, you'll be able to skip the line because as I mentioned, the queue is pretty long. But either way, ready to roll. Uh, before we get into that, as always, we're going to hit the intro. All right, so let's start off with the first team of the video. And Corey, I'll let you take it away with Lucas's team. Yeah, it's actually not a full team. It's more so like a mid-startup okay. question. Uh, he asked it in the DMs. He was like, hey, you guys can just answer this here. But I thought it was a good conversation uh, to have on Dynasty Decisions. So he's in his first Dynasty Superflex draft. He's mainly a redraft player, keeper player. He was assigned the fifth spot in the draft, and he loves Herbert. I don't know if he's a Chargers fan, but he just loves Justin Herbert. So he had to make sure that he was going to get Justin Herbert on his team. So he basically traded up from the 105 to the 101. He didn't say exactly what the compensation was, but he did make a number of trades throughout the startup. And his picks now look like this is basically how he listed them. 101, 204, 212, 408, 412, 505, 705, and then all original picks from that point forward. So basically, instead of having, you know, a first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round pick, he doesn't have his 2023 first anymore. Uh, what would your, be your strategy going forward into the second round, uh, given that he has two picks there? And also he has a cluster of picks around that four or five turn as well. So what would be your strategy, again, knowing that you don't have your 2023 first as well? Yeah, given the information provided and knowing that tanking year one is kind of out the window without having that first round pick, I am eyeing one of the more win now type of quarterbacks going in that top. 25 type of area so you mentioned at the 204 if somehow Dak Prescott falls to you there I think that is a slam dunk pick for your team you get Herbert you get Dak and then you build out the rest of your core there say hypothetically Dak has gone at the 2-4 I think a guy like Russell Wilson would make a lot of sense if he's able to fall at the 212 uh and from then on you could really build your team with that depth with that meat uh between you know the fourth round and the fifth round that you currently have slated here um, those would be my main strategies. Again, if those quarterbacks are somehow not on the board when you're ready to pick, the way I would pivot is I would smash, you know, a couple running backs, young running backs, because you're competing. I'm fine with taking them in the startup and then potentially, you know, finishing out your quarterback core with like a guy like Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Tom Brady, guys like that, because you've already inherently committed to that win now approach. Yeah, and as the resident win now guy in the channel, I'd probably <laughs> honestly like at 204, I'd be looking for one of those top running backs, um, DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams, somebody in that realm. And then at 212, I mean, if Brees Hall falls there, that would make a lot of sense too. But I wouldn't be opposed to taking Christian McCaffrey at 212 Great. either. So if you started off your draft, Herbert, uh, DeAndre Swift, and Christian McCaffrey, I think that'd be a good start. And then in the fourth round, you could probably hammer out some good wide receiver value. Um, with guys like potentially DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, even if those guys are off the board, yep. maybe you want to go after um, some more win now guys like Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas, somebody like that with those um, the late fourth rounder and the early fifth rounder and that the 705 should be able to get another solid receiver there. So um, I think you're kind of pigeonholed into into winning now, unfortunately, yep. which is something we don't like to, to do initially in, in Dynasty startups, but it's your first one. I'll give you a pass, but um Basically, he says also um, what he's currently thinking is that he'd be targeting two receivers in round two. So at 204, he's been eyeing a guy like CeeDee Lamb. At 212, you could probably get, you know, maybe A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Jalen Waddle, somebody like that, uh, or T. Higgins. Um, he's basically been targeting Lamb at that 204 and then one of those other guys at that 212 and then thinking about filling out his running back core in the fourth round with J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, uh, somebody like that. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, that's also a viable strategy, I will say, because 
uh, of the fact that, you know, guys like Leonard Fournette, guys like James Conner can still give you that win now appeal, despite having a, a much lower opportunity cost and some of those higher end win now type of running back. So, I mean, if you wanted to gear that way and, you know, get Leonard Fournette game, James Conner, you know, your JD McKissick, your James White, just kind of fill up your running back core with a bunch of win now PPR appeal type of players. That's an approach too. But uh, for me personally, given that you've already kind of stuck in pigeonhole to that win now, I'd want at least one hero top end running back asset to kind of build around, which, I mean, if you're watching this, you're probably thinking Danny talking about advocating for a running back. In this situation, I'm water. I'm adjusting, given the fact, given the information presented to me, that's the kind of way I would attack it. Yeah, he also is curious about the second-year quarterbacks, too. At 212, he thinks it's too early for Lawrence, Fields, Wilson. I agree. I definitely would not pick those guys, even Wilson, who I love. Um, but he also says they're usually gone by 408. So would you try and potentially move down from 212 and secure one of those guys? I would say just as a general rule, given the structure of your team and what you're looking to do right now, those second year quarterbacks are probably not even on my board. Um, and not because I don't think that they can help you year one. I just think that they're going high because they're young rebuilding type of assets and you're not necessarily in the market for guys like that. So if Zach yeah. Wilson falls to 408, I'm okay with picking him there. But unless that happens, I'm probably not going to like trade down from 212 and try and get him there. I would rather just take Russell Wilson at 212, uh, given that he fits your team a little bit better um, from that perspective. And then, like Danny said, if you miss out on a bunch of quarterbacks like that, Dak, Russell Wilson, et cetera, just wait till maybe your seventh round pick, your your fifth round pick or something, grab a Kirk Cousins, grab a Derek Carr, grab you know Ryan Tannehill, grab Mac Jones, somebody like that. I, I, I always find that Mac Jones and Derek Carr are perfect values in drafts. If you could get Derek Carr at 505, at 705, Mac Jones might still be on the board for you. And then you fill out your quarterback core with Herbert, Derek Carr, and Mac Jones, and you're pretty much set up that way. For sure, while also getting that inherent value at running back and wide receiver to try to, you know, put up some point production um, this year. So I agree with you there. I think, uh, you know, you're in a fine position despite giving up your first round pick to really turn this into a win now top of the line type of contender, which is weird for me to say, because I don't think I've ever advocated for it. But I think if you were going to approach it this way, this would be the kind of way you would do it. But yeah. either way, uh, we can move on to the next team, unless you have any other input. I would say feel free to message me during the startup. Too, 100%. I've, done this a number Mine of times. Well. I've built a, I've built yeah. out some win now contenders. Uh, and, so you, and can I, always, you know, feel free to message us in the Patreon DMs. Yeah. Yeah, and despite being, you know, the win or the rebuild guy, I mean, I'm happy to help uh, in terms of spotting that potential year one, year two, year three production for you if need be. But either way, let's go on to the next team here. That's going to be from Josh Lindsay. So you guys can see the team on the screen. I'll just take it away here. Quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Kenny Pickett, Jared Goff, and Marcus Merritt are all actually starters this year. Uh, running backs, you know, you got ETN and Pollard heading that group there. Wide receivers, love to see that top two with uh, Jamar Chase, Elijah Moore, uh, Darnell Mooney, et cetera there. At tight end, you got the one and only, the true savior himself in Kyle Pitts, along with four firsts, three seconds, and a boatload of pits or picks in the upcoming draft. So um, let me just say it right off the bat. You've clearly listened to some FSE because this is exactly how I would approach a startup. Yeah, and uh, for, for the reference, this is a 10-team Superflex tight end premium, too. So you have, in a 10-team league where positional advantage matters and you have a tight end premium, you got probably the first non-quarterback off the board with Kyle Pitts, too. So that that Pitts asset is really, really valuable. You have probably two of the top five players in, in, yep. in your league scoring format with Josh Allen and Kyle Pitts. So yeah, this team is obviously really well-built. You got a young wide receiver core with some studs there. You got a young stud tight end, um, kind of like a hero running back as well. I would say this is kind of just the house money year. You could potentially compete with this team. If something happens to Zeke, then you might be able to compete with this team uh, with Pollard on the back burner. But I'd probably, he basically says, thinking of just waiting and letting these picks uh, accrue more value and either trade them for young proven assets or just spend them on running backs in next year's class or more wide receiver talent. Or should I just continue to build depth through the draft? So I would say that you have obviously a very good head on your shoulders. It sounds like you know what you're doing. But if I were you, I would just see what happens this year. If if you're in a position to compete, if you're like seven and one or something like that, I don't hate trading away one of your 2023 first to acquire a running back if you need to, if you have a chance to win the championship. But otherwise, I'd probably just kind of wait and see what happens. Spend your picks next year. You have one of those going to be early uh, first round pick and then, uh, you know, kind of golden from there. I'm staying the course with this team. I, I mean, I've kind of talked about it in the past, but I genuinely believe and you, you guys will see coming up soon that. By 2024, we could see potentially 15 new starting running backs in the NFL. Again, people are going to see this and be like, oh, you're already, your running back core isn't developed now. 
by 2024, you should have some locked and loaded assets and quite frankly, run this league for a while. I mean, four first next year, three seconds, along with multiple picks in the next oncoming years after that. Uh, you clearly have a good head on your shoulders. I mean, Bush already said that, but it's very true here. Um, just, yeah, house money this year. Next year is going to be your start of your competing window, and then you're going to have a ton of capital liquidity to be able to play with if you want to add to your team 2023, 2024 to try to make that push for a championship. Yeah, and if you add Bijan Robinson to this team, for the oh, record, man. he does say he has one early first next year. Imagine having Josh Allen, Bijan Robinson, Jamar Chase, and Kyle Pitts in a tight end premium on Feeling one. like Thanos. Yeah, Feeling that's like Thanos. crazy. Those, those, like, I, we don't say this often, but like, I don't envision a scenario where Jamar Chase is not the wide receiver one in Dynasty for a couple years, unless Justin Jefferson passes. That's him. the only one. Like, I, there, it, like Drake London would have to do something crazy stupid next year for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Jordan Addison and some of these other guys, they would have to do some crazy shit to pass Jamar Chase. Same goes for Kyle Pitts. Like, what tight end is going to pass Kyle Pitts anytime mm-hmm. soon? And Josh Allen, maybe. You know, Mahomes, Herbert, some of these guys yeah. pass him, but he's still going to be up there for a long, long time. He also mentions a deal here. He cashed in three first rounders and Jerry Judy uh, this year, as well as one first round next year to get Pitts and Josh Allen. Kind of outline it, but I mean, Josh Allen alone is probably worth at least four ones. Yeah. Probably. And in a tight end premium, I would say Kyle Pitts is probably worth four as well. So, I mean, like three or four. Like, he, yeah. Yeah. You said I cashed in three first rounders and Jerry Judy to get Kyle Pitts. Honestly, I wouldn't even blame you that much. Yeah. Genuinely. I mean, especially three first this year. Like, come on. Yeah. But you also got the QB1 in Dynasty on top yeah. of that. So, yeah. Um, obviously, woodshed moves, the type of moves that you made there. Um, we can move on to the next team. Looks like yep. Josh knows what he's doing. Uh, let's get on to Eric's team. Also a member of the patron 12 team, one quarterback league. PPR. So looking over the team here, he's got Justin Herbert, Deshaun Watson, Derek Carr, J.K. Dobbins, David Montgomery, Leonard Fournette, Damian Harris, Tyreek Hill, um, Stephon Diggs, Calvin Ridley, Jacoby Myers, etc. And then uh, T.J. Hawkinson at tight end. Doesn't have his rookie draft actually until uh, the summer, like training camp time. So which is a little odd. I haven't you know seen a lot of people have their rookie drafts then, but 104, 210, 212, etc. In the rookie draft, he said his league is going into his second year. So he won the first season, actually. And uh, most of the guys that are in this league, I guess they're all, you know, it's a home league. They're all from Cincinnati uh, and Ohio. So a lot of Browns fans, a lot of Ohio State fans, a lot of uh, Cincinnati Bengals fans. And um, basically he gave us a first year summary of the trade. So we'll kind of just go rapid fire of some of the moves that he made here. He received Kenny Gainwell in the 210 for Will Fuller during the season. Yeah, I think I'm, I mean Will Fuller. I think Will Fuller is a good buy low for people that are contenders right now because I think there's a good chance he signs with the Browns or he gets back on the field, whatever Packers. the case is. And um, but I, if I can get a second round pick for Will Fuller, Absolutely. I'm definitely taking it. Um, he also got Mike Gesicki and David Montgomery for Darren Waller and Mark Ingram. So you down tier at tight end from uh, Waller to Gesicki, you get younger and you get a pretty solid running back uh, upgrade from Ingram to Montgomery. Uh, definitely like that trade there. He also received Justin Herbert and Terrace Marshall for. Trevor Lawrence and Antonio Brown. Remember, it is a one quarterback league. So uh, Trevor or um, Justin Herbert, not quite as much value, but still, still a lot of value. And even in a one quarterback, I really like that trade. Um, and Antonio Brown might retire. So I don't think he gave up too much. Yeah. Um, and I'm just reading the last one. Haw- you added TJ Hawkinson off waivers. What? I don't know how that happened. I don't know how that happened, but I mean, hey, it, you, looks, you'll, you'll it looks like a bit of a shallow league because um, he also says his offseason moves that he made. He dropped Tom Brady um, after he retired and he picked up Derek Carr. So Derek Carr was actually on waivers. Um, so I would say that this is probably a bit of a shower, uh, shallower league. Um, and he says a dumb move by me to drop Tom Brady. But I would say, I mean, given that you have Herbert and Watson, was Tom Brady going to get in your lineup very often anyway? Um, in a one quarterback league, I, I think you're probably fine there. He also dropped Terrace Marshall and picked up KJ Osborne. I'd probably agree with that move. I'd rather KJ yep. Osborne. Um, and then he made a trade here that he says he probably lost it because he was kind of reactive when he made the trade. Yeah. Um, so this is basically a good example of what not to do when we're presented <laughs> with moves uh, and news that uh, affect our players on our dynasty rosters. So he traded away Devonte Smith, Javante Williams in the 112 in exchange for Calvin Ridley, J.K. Dobbins in the 104. Listen, you're not going to find a lot of J.K. Dobbins <laughs> but I think he got taken to the woodshed on this one. Yeah. Like, um, so Devontae uh, Smith and the 104 is about even. I would say those those two yeah. pieces kind of cancel each other out. Uh, Javante Williams is pretty significantly above J.K. Dobbins for me uh, long term, and I would rather have the 112 than Calvin Ridley as well. So uh, definitely an L for you. I think you were a little too reactive on the A.J. Yeah. Brown trade and the uh, re-signing of Melvin Gordon for Javante Williams. I would say that you probably lost that trade, but it could have been worse. You could have gotten a lot worse yeah. than that. 
Yeah, I mean, at least you still got, you know, usable players. And again, you, you kind of mentioned 112 over Ridley, but I, I would say market value, that's probably about similar right now. Again, I'm higher on Ridley because of the fact, I mean, I mean, this draft class is kind of a mess after 109. I mean, you could see, you know, would you rather Christian Watson or Calvin Ridley? Would you rather, you know, James Cook or Calvin Ridley? I think Calvin Ridley deserves to be in that discussion. I would rather so, have David Bell than Calvin Ridley, who I can No, I know, but a lot... Me. That's fair. And a lot of people have him lower and he's my 110. So I understand that. But yeah, no, I I, I agree um, probably over Calvin Ridley. But I mean, I, I'm still buying Ridley at cheapish prices. But either way, I mean, it is giving up Javante basically for J.K. Dobbins at that point is kind of sketch. So, um, you know, it is yeah. what it is. But either way, I mean, looking at the rest of the team, does he have any other questions here? Or, he basically uh, just said, like, um, he is trying to compete again, obviously. He won the yep. championship last year, made some moves to retool. I think you have a good enough team to compete. Absolutely. You got Herbert, Montgomery, Dobbins, Fournette uh, kind of rotating in as your starting running backs. Tyreek and Diggs are going to be huge difference makers for you at wide receiver. I could, you know, like to have a little bit better of depth at wide receiver as far as, like, high-end depth. But you do have a great, you know, third running back that you can cycle into yeah. your flex. And then you have uh, Hawkinson as your main tight end. And honestly, Gasicki and Irv could potentially, if they have good seasons, cycle into your flex spot as well. I mean, he also has 104. So, I mean, you're adding, you know, Garrett Wilson, Traylon True. Burks. Yeah, I actually forgot Trey about that. Yeah. that. So, you're going to have so. Garrett, Garrett Wilson or Traylon Burks. I'd probably lean with a guy like Traylon Burks. I think the year one production might be a little bit better for him over uh, over Garrett Wilson. Um, but you never know. And Drake London, if he somehow falls to you, would obviously be great. Um, yeah. So, let's move off of uh, Eric's team. I think he's set up pretty well to try and compete again. Uh, let's get on to Jared's team. Uh, Superflex. Uh, one and a half tight end premium uh, quarterback running a uh, two running back, two wide receiver, two flex and a super flex. So uh, that's kind of the league scoring format. I'll let you take it away with the team for sure. So you guys can see the team on the screen. Uh, main quarterbacks there, Hertz and Danny dimes running backs. You know, you got Swift, Montgomery, et cetera. There wide receiver, Deontay Johnson, Devontae Smith, uh, Rashad Bateman, et cetera. There. And then at tight end, you got Fant as your main, uh, you know, piece there along with three 2023 20, ones and, uh, all of his picks in 2024. So basically he says here, I took this team over at the beginning of last year and it was in shambles. Dude had zero picks, CMC, Big Ben, you know, a lot of, you know, depreciating level type of assets everywhere. And he basically says I need everything. So um, with those three first round picks, should I wait to go for it or should I use them to get players now? And right off the bat, given the structure of this team, given the structure of that quarterback core, do not trade those picks, please. Hold those picks. Heck, if somebody wants to overpay you for Swift, if somebody wants to overpay you for Montgomery, I would look for offers in that to completely rebuild this team for either 2023 or 2024 contention. As much as I love DeAndre Swift, as much as I like you know David Montgomery, players like that, you need a long-term answer at the quarterback position. I think Hertz can be a fine quarterback too tight for you long-term. Uh, again, we'll, we'll kind of see how that materializes. But... Um, other than that, there's not really much else going for the team. So overall, take your pieces right now that can help a win now contender. Accumulate those picks. Fully transition this orphan by 2023, 2024. And you can make this into a powerhouse if you keep collecting picks. Yeah, and I would say even if you can't do that, like even if you can only ship off some like spare parts type of uh, pieces that you have, like Daniel Jones and Gaskin and Montgomery, if you if you can keep your core intact of like Hertz, Swift, Deontay Johnson, Devontae Smith, uh, Rashad Bateman, even if you just keep that core intact, you might even be able to turn this one around as quickly as you know like a house money year in twenty twenty three if you hit on your rookie picks. So um, I've seen I've definitely seen orphans in worse shape than this one. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Um, you're, you're, you're honestly not in that bad of a spot. If you can add a good running back, a good quarterback and a good wide receiver to this core in the 2023 class, mm -hmm. then you're going to be in good shape. I would say if you have, you know, Bryce Young and Jalen Hurts, um, you know, Jameer Gibbs, DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery, and you have Jordan Addison, Deontay Johnson, Devontae Smith and Bateman, you could probably compete yep. with that team in 2023. <laughs> The main question I, I ultimately have is the strength of the quarterback position on this team. I mean, the rest of the team, I mean, you got pieces at running back. You got pieces at wide receiver. I like the upside of a guy like Noah Fant, uh, especially in the long term, given his athleticism, given his potential uh, to earn targets that he's kind of shown throughout his career thus far. It's just until that quarterback core is fully fixed, I wouldn't try to push the chips in the middle and try to compete with this team. 
Yeah, especially knowing that you were able to, it looks like you were able to collect some good 2023 capital Absolutely. pretty quickly for guys like CMC and stuff. So it looks like your league market is kind of dictated by win now type of assets. So you might be able to fetch another 2023 first for Montgomery. You might be able to fetch a couple firsts for DeAndre Swift or a couple firsts for Deontay Johnson potentially. So um, yeah, keep, you know, stay water, keep uh, moving around and seeing what you can kind of do with some of your pieces. Uh, but let's move on to uh, Jay Port's team here. Um, he has it listed 12 team, one quarterback, half PPR with Jalen Hurts as his main guy, Deshaun Watson there as well. Uh, Javante Williams, Travis Etienne, Elijah Mitchell at running back, wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb, T. Higgins, Chris Godwin, Chase Claypool, um, and then some other guys there. And then uh, not really any tight end, but it is not a tight end premium. So he does need to address that position though. And then he has the 101, the 201, 301, 302, and 403 in this year's class, and then two first next year, two first in 2024. Most of his picks except an extra third in 2023. So looking at this team, he basically just wanted to know kind of like direction, where he's going, what to do with his picks and stuff like that. So, I mean, pretty obvious you're going to take Brees Hall with the 101 yeah. and add to this team. I wouldn't be opposed to trying to to trade for a tight end using a guy like Elijah Mitchell if I can. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, that would be a way I would look at it too because uh, this, for having the 101 and as many picks as you do have in the next few years, I mean, this is a very well-set-up team. Uh, quarterback, I mean, you don't have to worry about the position long-term. Somebody might say, oh, what about Hurts' longevity? Maybe he gets replaced. I mean, you have Deshaun freaking Watson right behind him, so do not worry about that in the slightest, especially in a one-quarterback league. Running backs, I mean, Javante Williams, Travis Etienne in particular, your main building blocks, at least within the next two years to try to compete. And then you're, you're stacked out of the wazoo uh, in terms of your top three receivers. Just, you know, maybe you want to add a couple depth guys in the oncoming years. But overall, I mean, Bush kind of mentioned it. Elijah Mitchell to a tight end. You replace Elijah Mitchell's production with Brees Hall, which could be, you know, 125% of what Elijah Mitchell would give you this year. So, um that type of quick transition, I think you can even compete maybe as soon as this year if you figure out a tight end one. Well, yeah, looking at your starting lineup, if things break right for your young running backs, like if yeah. ETN becomes like a 70 reception RB1, like you could probably compete with this team yeah. um, as long as you can address that tight end position. I, I don't know if I'm necessarily going after, you know, Pitts or like somebody like no. that. But if you can go after Hawkinson or Goddard or somebody in that mm -hmm. territory, you might be able to get it done simply just like a one for one swap with Elijah Mitchell. Maybe you have to add in, you know, one, you have an extra third in 2023. If you want to throw in an extra third with Elijah Mitchell to get a Hawkinson level tight end, maybe a, a Goddard level tight end, if that doesn't get it done. Or even if you want to just take a couple of dart throws at Cole Komet, Irv Smith, I was just supposed like to say Cole types, you could probably just do that as well. I was just supposed to say Cole Komet. Maybe, you know, uh, the, the the person wants Elijah Mitchell. Maybe you can fetch, you know, Cole Komet in a 2023 second for Elijah Mitchell. I think that could be a realistic type of move, uh, given the fact that, you know, Elijah Mitchell is kind of a, what, seventh type of round startup pick and Cole Komet's kind of a 12th. I think, you know, a 2023 second should about bridge that gap. It'll give you an extra piece to throw at the uh, wide receiver depth for next year. And by 2023, I think this team could realistically make a huge dent at trying to be a top two team in your league. Yeah. Another move that I might consider too, is you have the tool one. If you want to, you know, see if that gets it done for Pat Fryermuth too, you might be able to just ship that the tool one straight up for Pat Fryermuth. I'm okay doing that with this type of team. I think if you get a solidified solid tight end, then you should be able to, um, to compete this year. You could go, you know, 201 for Pat Fryermuth. And then just, you know, in case Pat Fryermuth doesn't work out this year, you could try and trade like two thirds for Zach Ertz just to, you know, yeah. solidify that position group. Yep. No, uh, I agree. I think uh, overall you're in a good spot here. Uh, we can move on to the next team, though. That's going to be from Loud. I'll let you take it away with this team. Yeah, so it's a 10-team, two-quarterback, half-PPR league. He has uh, Dak, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance as his top three QBs in that format. Definitely solid there. Uh, Swift, Gibson, most notably at running back. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, Deontay Johnson, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, Hollywood Brown at wide receiver. Um, not great uh, at the tight end position, but it is a non-tight end premium. And then draft capital, he has two firsts in 2023, two seconds in 2023, and then all of his picks, 2024 and 2025. So the first trade that we have here, it looks like he received the right side of all of these trades. CeeDee Lamb, Antonio Gibson, a first rounder in 2023 that's projected late, and then the 406 in exchange for Alvin Kamara, Tyreek Hill, Mac Jones, CEH, and Chase Claypool. It is a two-quarterback league, too, so Mac Jones got a decent amount of value there. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, if you're looking at it relative value-wise, um, I mean, what, C.D. Lamb is probably... I could, To me, the running backs just cancel each other out. I think Kamara and Gibson are about on par value-wise. Yeah, give or take, yeah. Maybe so, you I throw mean, the 406 on Gibson's side to make it even. Would you say what? Tyreek? I mean, Tyreek and the rest of the players would probably be 
at least CD in the first, right? Yeah, it, this looks like a pretty even trade. I would say yeah. you just say CD and Tyree cancel each other out, and then the first for the rest of the players, maybe. Like that's that seems about right pick. to me. Maybe the the Claypool and Mac Jones fetches you a little bit more than a late first, but uh, I think overall you're looking towards CD more side. of like a younger type of team. I, I don't mind this trade at all. I think you kind of made out with the the best asset in the trade is CD Lamb, so um, that yep. definitely helps you out, and uh, as does the late first that you got in the trade as well. Trade number two, he got Hollywood Brown and A.J. Green, so the card wide receiver two and three. Um, and he gets gets gives away a bunch of junk. McCole Hardman, <laughs> you know, third-round picks and fourth-round pick. I mean, I don't know how the fuck you got Hollywood Brown out of this guy for that, but uh, you definitely, if you were, like, even on the last shirt or maybe even lost a little bit of value, the first two trades kind of, um, you know, lean me towards your side. Absolutely. I mean, this is the definition of a woodshed. Um, quite frankly, I mean, this is probably at minimum a 2023 second too short on the side you gave. So uh, give me your side easily all day. Love Hollywood there. Next trade here. I mean, you got my Lord and Savior himself, Elijah Moore. I think this is the perfect uh, comparison to like a win now versus rebuilding type of move. The person getting Connor and Williams is relying upon that year one, year two type of point production. So it'll help them win the championship. And for you, I mean, you get a top 15 dynasty wide receiver. I'm not a big fan of Devin Singletary, but I guess it's nice as a throw in. And then a 2023 second as a cherry on top. I love your side, giving your current situation of getting Elijah Moore, getting that 2023 second. And, you know, just for the fun of it, getting Devin Singletary as well, I guess. Yeah, if I'm if I'm a rebuilding team, a 2023 20, second is enough for me to move off of James Conner for sure. Get that production off my team because James Conner is probably going to be a top 20 running back this year. And Mike Williams, probably a top 24 wide receiver. So you get that production off of your team. You get younger with Elijah Moore and the second round pick. Really like that move for you there. And then you traded away your 205 and you parlayed it into a second next year, which I think is a good, a, a good idea. You have no idea where that second is going to be, I'm assuming, but... Um, next year's class we yeah. know is deeper than this year's class. So if it ends up being early, then you might get a borderline first round caliber player. And I mean, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, the 2023 class more in depth, uh, maybe in the future as well, but let's say hypothetically, I mean, 205 right now, you got Quentin almost, Johnston or something like that. He's probably gonna be first. I was gonna say like worst case scenario, you're looking at like a Parker Washington, who's very, very good in his own. Right. And if you're just talking about the math here, right. We already know that 2023 is a better class. You're getting almost a 50% chance at that pick being the same as the pick you gave up this year or early. I mean, a little bit less, you know, five out of 12 chance there, but in a better class, getting almost a 50% chance at that pick being as good or better. I mean, realistically, the 210 next year is probably about relative value with the 205 this year. So, I mean, you have a very, very good opportunity. Would that be like an 85% chance at getting a better valued pick? next year than the 205 would, ten, would net you this year in terms of player capital. Right. And if the if the, that second ends up being the 202 or the 203, then you might get a legitimately yeah. like a uh, solid Stud. wide receiver prospect or solid, you know, Zach Evans Tucker or something maybe like false. that. Yeah. Yeah. No. So there's definitely uh, definitely a good chance to make up some value there. And I love that move. Anybody who's rebuilding, if you have a bunch of second round picks and somebody's willing to just give you their next year second to make a pick on the board because they love Trey McBride or they love you know, Wandell Robinson or whoever's on the board for you always make that move. If you're a rebuilding team, it's easy to just quickly parlay that into future assets that could end up uh, accumulating more value for you. So let's get onto the fifth trade here, uh, which is Zach Wilson and Rashad Bateman. And remember this is a two quarterback league in exchange for Davis mills, the one Oh five and his 2023 seconds. So it'll be early uh, most likely, but um, Rashad Bateman to me is, I don't think he's a equivalent to Traylon Burks, but he's not that Close. far behind him. I would say he's probably like, the 106, Worth the year? 107, 108, something like that. And then would, Zach Wilson versus Davis Mills in a second isn't isn't even close, yeah. in my opinion. I would probably slate Rashad Bateman as the 106 this year. He's currently a top 24 dynasty wide receiver for me. I actually have him ranked ahead of guys like, you know, Chris Olave, Jameson Williams, et cetera, there. So, I mean, the discrepancy there, Burks is, I believe, you know, my wide receiver 17, I want to say, on my rank because I don't have them in front of me right now. And Bateman is just a few spots behind him. So while I would rather Burks, the discrepancy isn't great there. And then, so for for ease sake, let's just say that's about equivalent. And I would much rather Zach Wilson than, you know, Davis Mills and best case scenario, the 201, because I think Zach Wilson's going to at least play out his rookie contract as a starter. And we both believe in the talent. We both believe in the upside and the projectability of this offense. Davis Mills, we've kind of just accepted both from a fantasy and real life perspective that he doesn't have a high fantasy ceiling and he's probably going to be replaced by a top five pick quarterback next year. 
Yeah, exactly. And you, for what it's worth, you actually have Burks at 17 and Bateman at 21. So it isn't a big difference at all. Yeah. I have them. I'm a little bit different. I have uh, Burks at 18 and Bateman at 25, but I still have Bateman ahead of Alave and Jamison Williams. So yep. uh, he'd also be my 106 in this year's class as well. So uh, Jay Heaps, uh, the next team that we have here, um, we have Jay Heaps 10 team super flex PPR half uh, tight end premium. Um, basically wants to know what to do with his team. Obviously he used all of his draft picks to get the wide receivers that he have that he has. He has no draft picks until 2025. So sold his entire future, sold the entire farm, pulling a Sonny Weaver Jr. Like I said, in the last video, Burrow and Rogers as his main quarterbacks with Derek Carr and Zach Wilson on the back burner there, Gibson, ETN and AJ Dillon, Rashad white, a bunch of other guys, CD lamb, Stefan Diggs, Deontay Johnson, DJ Moore and Drake London with Garrett Wilson and David bell in reserve. Plus some guy named Juju Smith Schuster, uh, <laughs> tight end. He has Travis Kelsey. Uh, like he said, he has no picks, but this is obviously a win now type of team. Absolutely. The only thing that gets me a little concerned is you got to rely on some shaky running backs, but you have some guys that are, you know, in solid, uh, RB two roles, if not, if nothing else like AJ Dillon, and maybe if things break right for Rashad white and JD McKissick should have usable weeks. There is one screaming move that like points out to me right off the bat, other than the side, you know, sold Juju. Aaron um, <laughs> Is Aaron Rodgers? I mean, I, I don't I don't mind Rodgers in this type of build, and maybe you want to transition him down. But the one that screams out to me is Antonio Gibson. He's kind of like lost on this roster right now because you don't know if he's a win now player and you don't know if he's got the projectable upside of like an ETN long term. The perfect transition for me is Leonard Fournette plus. If you can get Leonard Fournette and maybe another depth running back or maybe another depth receiver or maybe uh you know anything like that, or use Gibson and a piece to upgrade from Gibson. I can't believe I'm about to say this, piece. but would you trade Gibson straight up for Joe Mixon? I would in this build. Absolutely. Yeah, like with, with, with this type of team, if you wanted to go after Mixon, who's going to be on the, you know, attached, you get all the touchdown production for the Cincinnati Bengals. If they're a top 10 offense, you have Burrow and Mixon. You're going to get all that touchdown production. The thing that stand, stood out to me right away is the fact that he has four starting quarterbacks in a 10 team super flex PPR. It's 10 teamers. So maybe you're not going to get, you know, huge, huge value for the quarterback position, but if you sold Rogers to another contender, or if you sold Zach Wilson to a rebuilder, that would make a lot. That would make a lot of sense to me. You might be able to get a solid running back in return for those guys, yeah. and maybe you could even recoup some draft capital if you're looking for that. And uh, heck, you could probably get some value for Baker once he signs with the Carolina Panthers after he's cut by the Browns. Ew. <laughs> yeah, I would say like if you could transition, what what kind of running back would you need to get off of Aaron Rodgers? If um, somebody offered you a running back straight up for Aaron Rodgers, what running back would it need? To I would. Be? I would probably need fourth to fifth round startup value in terms of so like camara i would probably want a little bit more than camara personally simply because well, you're the not gonna, i doubt you're gonna get eckler or mixon for him um that's where i would like, aim I'd against. Go for barkley if you get barkley for him Bar barkley barkley is perfect the reason why i'm kind of skeptical about camara is that legal situation that he's kind of dealing with right now and buying a 27 year old running back with legal implications currently going on is not the way i play dynasty but i think barkley would make a lot of sense here I mean, if you're talking about I mean, Henry might even make some sense too. Yeah. You could probably get Henry plus for Rogers. I, I wouldn't mind that. And realistically, we always talk about the fact that, Oh, Henry might fall off soon. Henry might fall off soon, which I mean, I still think could be the case, but like how many years do we have left of Rogers? Right. Yeah, that's so fair. If, if, we're he, shooting... if he, if Christian Watson stinks and uh, Aaron Rodgers has no receivers to throw to this year, who's to say he doesn't hang it up. Yeah, no, exactly there. Um, and overall, he, he kind of also mentions uh, a couple ID players and just uh, or IDP players and just outlines. I know y'all don't know these, which appreciate that. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I'd TJ imagine Watt, TJ Watt be pretty valuable in an IDP league. Absolutely. I mean, uh, in Foyaside, a lot of uh, Ludicon, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but Foyaside, the, the the new linebacker for the Jaguars, I'm sure will uh, produce Rack a bunch up the of tackles with that sponge. That's what I was just about to say. Amen. Amen. Uh, he has a couple questions here. Any thoughts? Uh, so we kind of outlined that. Should I be concerned with me kind of fading running backs? And given the status of your wide receiver core, absolutely not. It's fun. Be it, it's fine being for a fragile running back. And you still have the liquidity in terms of your wide receiver depth to potentially transition in season. Maybe somebody, you know, who thought they were going to win this year or contend for the playoffs this year, get off to a two and five start and want to, you know, rebuild their team, retool their team. Those are the type of players that you can attack and take their running back production from if you so choose. So uh, investing fragile amounts of equity into the running back position in the offseason and potentially adding to it in season is how I would prefer to play Dynasty because, again, there is so much variability. There's so many question marks that can happen to a running back in the offseason, in the preseason, uh, that 
I would just rather wait until season, know what their value is, and pay up at that point. Yeah, and because we're contractually obligated to sell Juju anytime we see him on a team, Amen. you could flip him for a handcuff too to get some more running back depth. If yeah. you flip Juju for Tony Pollard straight up, I would add some depth to your running back core as well. Um, before we get into the next team though, got to pay some bills around here. Got to hear from our sponsors over at Manscaped. Hey lads, today's episode is brought to you by our sponsors over at Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming across the globe. With summer just around the corner, our sponsors over at Manscaped are here with the best tools to get you ready for the warm weather and good times. Everyone wants an active summer. Manscaped provides men with the cleanest and most concise trimming experience available on the market. The summer is coming by quickly. Did you sure up your grooming routine with the best tools for the job? The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is just the thing every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little more special. The number one product in this package is the Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. And get this, the trimmer's advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your body. It even has a 4000K LED spotlight so you can shave in the dark. Did I mention that it's also waterproof? This package also includes the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer to whack all of the worst of your weeds. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9000 RPM motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes of yours. In addition to your performance package 4.0, Manscaped is proud to announce the official launch of the Boxer 2.0, the optimal protector of your family jewels. Let your bulge breathe with the comfiest boxers on the market. This summer, it's time to join 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code BUSH for 20% off plus free shipping. Again, 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUSH at checkout. Manscaped gives your manhood the proper treatment it deserves. We appreciate the support for the Fancy Stock Exchange over by our friends at Manscaped and thank them for sponsoring today's video. And speaking of that video, let's get right back to it. All right, so big thanks to Manscaped. Appreciate them sponsoring the show. Let's get on to Trevor's team here. 10-team Superflex PPR tight end premium. He has Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, and Trey Lance. A lot of rushing production with that quarterback core. Uh, DeAndre Swift, Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs, Elijah Mitchell, and Travis Etienne, mainly at running back. Justin Jefferson, Debo Samuel, Amari Cooper, Tyler Lockett, Darnell Mooney, Elijah Moore, and Gabe Davis at wide receiver. Tight end, Travis Kelsey with Noah Fant, Dawson Knox, Albert O in reserve. So pretty well-built team. Even for a uh, a 10-teamer, this looks like a really strong team. 204 in this year's class still has all of his picks, surprisingly, and three seconds in 2023. So And three firsts in 2024. So, um, I mean, I don't really know if you need our advice, Trevor, to be honest, because you're like you have a really good team with a lot of you know future uh, capital as well. He basically says, what player slash position puts me in the best position to win the next three to five years? So I'm guessing he's asking, like, what is his strongest position group? Uh, I would say the quarterbacks is probably your strongest position group just because they're all young. They all run and they're all, you know, they have QB one overall upside on any yep. given year. Every single one of those guys. No, I agree with you there. The quarterbacks are your uh, bread and butter here. I mean, they're they're going to be significant contributors for you uh, both this year and long term. So I like your build there. Um, yeah, I mean, this team is loaded to the uh, top at this point. I mean, you, you kind of have, you know, six, seven starting caliber wide receivers at any given point while not having, quote unquote, the, uh, you know, fragility at running back that I'm used to seeing. I mean, you have options like ETN, Mitchell. Jacobs, Mixon, Swift throughout this team. Uh, he kind of outlines here which assets do I trade away before they lose value. I don't know how your league market still values Travis Kelsey, but that is uh, a player that even if you have, have to add, you know, Travis Kelsey in the 204 to go to Kittle or to go to, you know, somebody in that type of regard. I'd, I'd give Travis Kelsey in the 2024 first to get Andrews too. Yeah, I, I'd be fine with that. Um, you talk about uh, other assets. I mean, we, we always kind of say Joe Mixon. Uh, I'm cool. I'm cool holding Joe Mixon on this, this team. team? Though. Like, yeah, you got four running backs on your team right now that if things break right, Mixon, Jacobs, DeAndre Swift, and ETN, that could all be top five running backs this year based yep. on, you know, touchdown volume with Mixon and Jacobs, receiving volume with Swift and ETN. So, like, those dudes, I'm cool just holding those running backs and and using them in your, your flex spot and all that kind of stuff. He has a bunch of guys highlighted. I'm assuming that means they're starters. Starters, as yeah. Well. So, it looks like you have a really deep, you know, flex position because you got like four wide receivers and five running backs highlighted. Yeah. So uh, I'm assuming you can start most of these guys as well, but 
you know, gauge your league market. If somebody's willing to give you JK Dobbins plus for Joe Mixon, by all means go and sell them. But uh, I do think that for the most part, I'm just cool holding them with this type of team. I'd also be looking to gauge the market on Davis Mills. Maybe you can, you know, add da- Davis Mills to Elijah Mitchell and get an upgrade at, you know, running back or wide receiver. That would be the type of move I'd, I'd be willing to do. Say somebody needs a quarterback three for the short term. And, you know, I mean, if we're talking. Mariota too, if you want to. Mariota is another one. A couple, a couple um, quarterbacks that they can use. Question I have here. I mean, like, realistically, if we we're looking at what? Mills plus Mooney to get you up to. What type of wide receiver range are we looking at at that point? Marquise Brown, maybe? Maybe, yeah. You might be able to get somebody like that. Yeah, I, I, I'd be willing to do that. And, I mean, Marquise Brown gives you a and little. And Devontae g- Smith. I was going like to say Mar- Mar- Marquise Brown gives you that little inherent stack with Tyler Murray as well. So that, that'd be fun, uh, you know, reuniting those boomer Sooners. Yeah, literally. Get the get the Sooner uh, thing. Sorry, my dog is going crazy. Um, but overall, man, I, I think you're in a great spot. I don't think you need a whole lot of help here. So. Uh, let's go on to Bailey's team, and I'll let you take that one away while my dog freaks out. <laughs> For sure. Uh, so you guys can see Bailey's team on the screen, a 12-team Superflex full PPR league with a tight end premium at 1.5. He also outlines here, this is a $500 league. So uh, we're talking some big business here. We're talking some big bucks at stake. And uh, overall, in terms of the outline, he kind of just wanted us to run through his trades and maybe some potential transitions he can make. So overall team there, quarterbacks, Kyler, T-Law, Zach Wilson there. Running backs, you got Swift, Javante as your main building blocks. Wide receiver, I mean, loaded to the brim with Jamar Chase, Stefan Diggs, Michael Thomas, Elijah Moore, uh, Rashad Bateman, Gabe Davis, etc. there. And then at tight end, you do have Pat Fryermuth uh, heading that group. He kind of lists, uh, again, the two or the trade he made. He gave up the 105 in Gabe Davis, assuming, you know, 105 is probably Garrett Wilson, Kenneth Walker, let's just say hypothetically for ease sake. He ended up receiving Stefan Diggs in a 2023 third. Value-wise, it's very close, I would say. Um, I probably would lean uh, the other side, but given the status of your team, given the fact that you can realistically compete with this team year one, I don't mind going out and getting that solid 150, 160 type of uh, potential target output that Stefan Diggs can give you this year. So, I, I mean, I don't mind this move. And he also kind of says here he's still got the 203, 204, 208 this year. So I'm assuming he hasn't actually had his rookie draft. Um, overall, what were your thoughts on this move and the potential uh, deals he has outlined here as well? Yeah, I love that trade. I don't know why you're you're kind of shitting on it. I love that. I mean, to, to be fair. Diggs going to be a top three redraft receiver for him. Oh. Like, I, I think he's going to be a, a stud this year. And the one move that stands out to me with this team is that I would transition Trevor Lawrence into a win now quarterback. I would go yeah. after Robert Wilson or Matthew Stafford with the but, team that you have. Bush, you mentioned that I don't dislike this trade. I'm saying from a va- pure value standpoint, right. it's probably at least equal, maybe on the other side, but given the status of this team, I'm fine with making that move. And I agree there. T-Law, Zach Wilson, if you can transition, you know, Maybe T-Law can net you. I mean, you, you add maybe a, a 308 and you can get up to Russell Wilson. I think that would make sense for you. Maybe if you add, you know, the 203, you can get up to Dak Prescott maybe. Somebody's willing to give you Dak for that. Yeah, and then you, I get, think the he- and you get the golden boy off your team, get that headache off your team. You don't have to deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars anymore too, which is a, a solid bonus. But yeah, to me, that's the move that stands out because this is a very yeah. this team. Can very good team. You got, a, you got a winnable team. But I think your QB2 spot could hold you back. Maybe Zach Wilson kind of blossoms into that. But I would rather have Zach Wilson as my QB3 and have a locked and loaded QB2 that I can use. And Trevor Lawrence has a lot of value still. You could probably still get, you know, if if, the, if you look around your league, you know, um, market and your league um, dynamic and you see that there's a rebuilding team with Matthew Stafford sitting on it, I'm sure yeah. he's going to be a motivated seller to get Matthew Stafford off of his team. You might even be able to just go, you know, straight one for one Matthew Stafford for Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Uh, he also has a, a couple moves here. Uh, he mentions he can potentially get Cam Akers for the 204 and 208. Listen, if somebody's giving you Cam Akers yep, for that, you, I'm, you, selling, you, I'm selling the 204 and the 208 for Cam Akers yesterday. In a heartbeat. Yeah, in a yeah, heartbeat. That is an easy trade for me to make. It's also uh, gives your team a little bit more depth at that running back position to help yourself compete. And he's still 22 years old. Yep. No, I, I agree with that. He mentions a couple of the other moves, maybe better quarterback too, another running back, and maybe a better tight end. Uh, I completely agree with that assessment. You know, as much as I love Pat Fryermuth, maybe you want to add, you know, Ertz or Gronk behind. Yeah, Ertz or Gronk are the two. Ertz and Gronk, I'm going to like be saying this all summer. 
they're going to be top 10 redraft tight ends for me. If they're both, um, I was assuming Gronk doesn't retire or anything, but yeah, uh, they're going to be top 10 redraft tight ends for me. So yeah, Ertz makes a lot of sense for a win now type of team. Gives yourself some uh, leeway in case Fryermuth isn't quite developed yet or Pickett struggles early on or whatever the case is. So um, I would see what it costs you to go get Zach Ertz. If you don't make that Acres trade, um, I wouldn't mind just trading the 208 straight up for Zach Ertz. Yeah, no, I agree with that there. Uh, that's probably about... I mean, you could probably get away with a, one of the threes because he's an older player, or maybe or you I know, give both threes, give him three, both threes. Three yeah, whatever you have to do. Uh, I mean, the fact that you still have all of your picks intact as well for next year and a couple additional thirds. I mean, you cl- clearly have a good head on your shoulders. I, I know last year he was kind of asking me his thoughts because I believe he had his startup uh, two years ago on the, the type of approach, and you've clearly worked it to perfection because this team is really, really built to be a top contender in your league, at least for the foreseeable future. Yeah, exactly. I'd say that, again, the only real move that stands out to me is, is, is Trevor Lawrence to a win-now quarterback. Yep. That would be the one move that I would for sure try and make and see what Russell Wilson, see what Matthew Stafford, see what Dak Prescott, see what you know some of those guys in that territory would cost you. Because I do think if you had you know Dak Prescott as your QB2 and Kyler as your QB1, like those guys are going to carry you points-wise along with you know how good your running backs and how good your wide receivers are. Yep. No, I agree. So we can transition to the next team. That's going to be from Antoine and his 14 team half PPR one quarterback league. I'll let you take it away. Yeah. So he sent me, um, he sent me up what the team looked like in a bunch of trades, but there was like 15 of them. So unfortunately, Antoine, I don't think I could cover all those trades for you, but just looking over them, it looks like you made your team better as a result. So that's kind of all that matters. Um, he yep. basically said, I want to stand pat at this point. Wouldn't mind getting more capital in the 2023 class. My league told me to send my team in saying that my league is juice and I'm in a prime position to win the league for the next five years. So overall, is there anything that stands out right away? Because he says anything that would, um, you know, in terms of moves that he could make or people to target that you would move off right away. I think there's a pretty obvious name that stands out to us immediately in uh, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's a guy that I just like always want off my team. Gibson. Yeah, you're you're a lot more out on Gibson than I am. I'm still fine holding Gibson. I, I given the status of this team, given the structure of this team. What would you classify Gibson as right now? Win now running back or rebuilding running back? I would classify him probably as a win now running back. But like, what's his win now upside? What's the ceiling? Back end RB1. Is that winning anybody? Like, what's the value of that over like Montgomery? No, it's it's a fair point. I think you got you make a good point. But um, Antonio Gibson right now, the reason I'm not saying like hard sell Antonio Gibson fair. is because it's not like people are like, he's still a top 10 running back. Most people have recognized that his value has decreased. Yeah, no, I, I and I, and I feel you again. It all depends on your relative market value, but um, Gib or Gibson would also be a transition piece for me. You mentioned, you know, Gibson on the other or Mixon on the other team. I think uh, given structure of this team, especially in a fourteen team league, the fact that you are stacked the way you are with the capital that you have, I'm fine with getting a Mixon type, or I'm fine with you know, um, Ornette, getting, Montgomery, m- Jacobs, maybe even potentially, maybe you have to add, you know. I don't know what the relative market value is between Gibson and ETM, but maybe you have to add uh, the 214 and the 313 and you go from Gibson to ETN and try to shoot for that reception ceiling that ETN inherently has over Gibson. I'm fine with that type of move as well. I mean, honestly, just stay water, stay the course because this team is loaded to the brim and your league mates are not lying. I mean, if you hit on those first round picks next year, you're you're dominating this 14 team league at least for five years, as they said. Yeah, and by the way, for those of you guys that are patrons of ours, we will have our redraft rankings manifesto coming out pretty soon. And man, Gibson, there's going to be a number of guys that I have ahead of him, like Jacobs, yep. like Montgomery, like, you know, like right now, who would you rather have in a redraft league, Josh Jacobs or Antonio Gibson? Jacobs. Like, I, I don't even think it's close. I think Jacobs not, might have 15 rushing touchdowns this year. It's it's not close. Uh, would you rather ETN or Gibson? I'd rather have ETN. Yeah, so, Gibson's I mean, gonna be like a back end RB two probably I mean, for, for for both of us in as, in, in redraft. And I still don't mind Gibson, but he's probably gonna be a dead zone running back. It, like it, the way I think about it, like it's it's a little sketchy. And I, I don't this, think Brian Robinson's gonna take him off the field entirely, but he's probably gonna be a one and two down banger, two hundred and fifty carry, you know, thirty reception type of dude. Even though they're talking about you know potentially using him more out wide and all this kind of stuff, I gotta I gotta see it first at least bush. in the preseason games. This is going to sound gross, and I, I kind of already know where you're going to lean, and it's something that you're going to be like, here you go again with this bias, but Ezekiel Elliott or Antonio No, I'm not, take, I'm not taking Ezekiel Elliott over. I, I would take no Zeke chance. over Gibson next year. I would take it. What is the difference for them in usage? Um, One of them has 4-3 speed and is still going to be and efficient, who's, assuming he's healthy. Who's in a better offense who's going to score more touchdowns? That's That's fair. 
That's so, a fair like, point. That's a fair it, point. It I just gross, don't trust though. Ezekiel Elliott. No, I agree. And it is gross, though. But like the fact I probably the answer is probably neither. I probably won't. No, draft I agree. I'll just draft a wide receiver where they're going. But um, it's a fair question. Anyway, side topic. Um, <laughs> he also says uh, he's trying to kind of forecast where the picks are. Uh, before his 107 if this ends up happening your league mates need to like stop playing dynasty because he basically has the 101 Brees Hall 102 Kenneth Walker fine 103 he said might be James Cook or Isaiah Spiller okay if somebody takes James Cook or Isaiah Spiller 103 in your league they should stop playing dynasty like legitimately 104 Jameson Williams 105 Christian Watson again also terrible 106 Sky Moore it sounds like whatever the best landing spot was is where these players are going yeah Nothing to do with who they were as prospects, where they were drafted, or any of that shit. He says there's a good chance he could get Drake London at 107. If you can get Drake London at 107, just you know, wrap it up. You you know, your league's obviously stupid. They don't know what they're doing. So uh, I would take Drake London at 107 absolutely if he is there for you. I'm just trying to contextualize this right now, dude. So you're telling me that somebody is taking the fourth round running back potentially <laughs> over the eighth overall pick wide receiver? What? Talk yeah. about process or lack thereof. Jesus, if you can get Drake London to add to this team at the one oh freaking seven, go run that cash uh, cash check in that bank check, that buy in check, whatever whatever money that your league deals with, go run that into the bank right now because you are owning your league, owning them. Yeah, it's it's going to be pretty tough to pass on Drake London at one oh seven if he's there. So um, overall, though, looking at this team, yeah, Dalvin Cook again, a guy that I would yep. consider pivoting from. Same with Antonio Gibson. If you can pivot. Would you consider it a success if you pivoted Dalvin Cook and Antonio Gibson into Joe Mixon and Josh Jacobs? Absolutely. Because I think both of those guys will be ranked over the guys that he currently has in my redraft rankings. I mean, this might be a little too much, but Jacobs or Cook next year? I'd rather have Jacobs, like dead ass. I would rather have Jacobs. I think I agree. Yeah, like it's and crazy people... because they drafted a fourth round running back also, and you know they didn't pick up his fifth year option. We don't really know how they're going to use him, but Jacobs is a better like he, he's as like as talented as a, of a running back. He plays for a better offense. He's going to have a lot of goal line opportunities, and he doesn't have you know fifteen hundred sure. carries under his belt, and shoulder issues, or fifteen hundred touches under his belt, and injury history the size of fucking Tim Buck too. So yeah, I, I'd probably take Jacobs next year. Yeah, uh, we, I mean, again, we're, we get on our classic FSC rant, but comment down below if you made it this far in the video. Who would you rather have, Josh Jacobs or Dalvin Cook in redraft next year? And honestly, I, it's getting me excited to make our redraft rankings. Oh, too, yeah. So, It'll um, be fun. Stay tuned for that. Maybe we'll set it like a tentative, like May 25th date or some shit. We'll try Something and drop like our, our first batch of redraft rankings to a redraft rankings manifesto, uh, which obviously will be available on Patreon or also signing up on Underdog as well. So if you guys made it to this point in the video, like Danny said, comment whatever he just said down below. Uh, hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel if you are new as well. Again, check out our sponsors over at Manscaped. Check out our sponsors, underdogfantasy.com, using promo code FSE. Uh, you can get access to our Dynasty Rankings Manifesto for free and 100% matchback on whatever you put in. Also using promo code BUSH at manscaped.com, 20% off plus free shipping. Peace out, guys. We'll talk to you soon.